Good morning. It's a good day, isn't it? It didn't snow as much as it has earlier this week, right? <laughs> How many people are ready for uh, snow to be gone? Let's just all get it out of our system right now before we jump in to complaining, right? Like we just, we're ready for it to be over. How many people, well, parents probably won't, but how many of the kids wish we would have a snow day this week at some point? Yeah, yeah. Lindsay works at the school and she was even like, I wish there was a snow day. Um, So yeah, yeah. Snow is fun though, isn't it? it? It's fun. I watched a child yesterday at a birthday party more than likely injure his leg really bad. Super fun, right? No, it wasn't fun. It wasn't fun. I was kidding, Nikolai. It was Nikolai's friend, so he's very mad at me right now. Um, today, we have our kids with us. Wow, that. I apologize, children. Uh, wow. We have our kids with us. I'm excited, right? It's fun to have kids with us, but you know, today though, um, today is an interesting day for me because first and foremost, we're, we're on week five of the complaining cure, and today we are talking about thankfulness. I know, it's not Thanksgiving. We shouldn't be talking about thankfulness in January, right? We should be talking about it in November, right? That's the only time we're thankful, isn't it? How many people still go around your table at Thanksgiving time and say what you're thankful for? Handful of us. We're just going to put our hands down. That way we don't feel bad. Uh, Yeah. So today we're going to talk about thankfulness. And with that, thank you. I appreciate that. Hey, I'm going to need a box later that's in the back corner that I, yeah, just so you know. Thank you. Should have told you that before service, but I'm thankful for your help. I appreciate it. Uh, But today, I want to start off uh, a little bit differently, Um, because there are are some people that that I want to take some time and I want to recognize this morning, because frankly, it's overdue. And honestly, without them, the church would look a little bit different. And so um, I want to, to bring up, and this, this is going to be, this is going to be fun. And I, when I call you up, I just want you to line up across the stage. Um, don't worry, they all love you, so don't be embarrassed. But I want to call up all of our uh, nursery help that we have had, um, which if you don't know who you are, that worries me a little bit, because um, you're taking care of our youngest kids. Um, I want to call up our toddler uh, workers that have been uh, downstairs and nobody really knows unless you have a toddler that they're down there. And I want to call up um, all of our kids ministry um, people who are working in our kids ministry. So let's not all jump up at one time. Um, thank you, Dawn, for making your way forward. Uh, I appreciate this. Yeah. Yeah. So these are... These are the people who take care of our kids. Yeah, Susie, don't, don't hide back there. Don't hide back there. Um, these are all the people who take care of our kids. And unless you have a kid, I'm going to come down here because it's not about me. Um, unless you have a kid or a child in our church, you don't know that they're down there. Um, they sacrifice multiple Sundays where they're not up here. You guys can actually all step forward in front of all the microphones. That would, that would, be, that would be good. But they, they sacrifice their Sundays um, to not sit in here and to be in the different rooms amongst our, our building to take care of our kids. And today with us having what I would deem a, a family Sunday where our kids are going to hang out with us. Now, the toddlers are downstairs, which I think we have a couple of them, which actually, um, Jason, could you just could you run down and get Brandon and the kids for me? Because uh, Brandon is downstairs. And so, um, but I wanted to take this time today and, and recognize each and every one of these people because um, they sacrifice and they don't get told probably thanks enough uh, by myself and probably by us to appreciate them pouring into our kids and taking care of them. Why are you not up there? I did say to you, did I not say, sorry, teenagers, if you work in the youth department, 
I apologize. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to yell at you in front of everybody. I appreciate you, Cassie. Um, and some people, I want to I say too, some people are serving on multiple kids' rotations. Um, so I don't think I'm forgetting anybody, right? I'm not forgetting. Okay. It's basically just you guys and Brandon, right? And Jill just started last, last week, right? couple weeks ago. So she's, she's fresh into it. So she loves it right now. Um, and, and we've got everybody in the kids, kids church, right? Everybody for, for our youth ministry. Um, this is the, these are pouring into the future of our church. Um, and honestly, I've said this for a long time and I'm partial to it because I was a kids pastor and I was a youth pastor without people like them who are dedicating their time and giving up their Sundays our church would be a church that's future didn't look bright because we weren't taking care of the next generations. And so I just want to say thank you to them. Uh, I got a gift for everybody. It is not worth the sacrifice that you guys all make. Um, I don't have enough money to pay you for that sacrifice. And if I did, I would. Um, but I, we've got gifts for everybody. And, and we went and just, um, how do you want to do this, Lindsay? We'll start. Yeah. Okay. We're gonna. We're just gonna start. You wanna bring me, bring me bags. Okay. Brandon, go ahead and, and step on up on the stage. We're just appreciating all of our workers. Yes. Oh, hey. So, uh, Mr. Jared, you were sacrificing down in the kids ministry too before Tab came over. So I need you to come up here too. No, there's nothing going on there right now. Sorry. Um, so it's okay to take a little bit of time to do this, right? Yeah. I apologize to our online people because they're like, yeah, I don't have kids that go to that kid's church. Uh, but that's okay, though. The kids are going to give them to me. Okay, I'm going to stay over here. We're going we're gonna to be here until about 1 o'clock today, guys, but we'll get, we'll get lunch if we need to while we, while we preach. Thank you, man, for giving up your Sundays. Um, not only to work up here, but to work downstairs to make sure all the kids' stuff is working and happening, which you're still doing. And so I appreciate that. Thank you very much. Debbie, thank you for everything that you've done to volunteer in the nursery. I know that there for a little while you, you were like, I don't know what I want to do, and I don't know if this is what I want to do. But thank you for sacrificing your Sundays to be with our kids and to take care of all of our little, little ones. I appreciate you. Thank you. All right. Dawn, you do a lot more than just take care of the schedule of our nursery. You volunteer to clean our church when you can, and you give up your time on Sundays. And for the last couple months, you've given up multiple Sundays in one month to take care of our nursery and to make sure everything's working and to make sure everything's happening. And I thank you for that because I couldn't do it without that help. So thank you very much. Holly, you carry multiple hats too. And thank you, not only for giving up doing our Connect team, but giving up your Sundays to be a part of our nursery and to fill in wherever we need you. I thank you for that. I appreciate you very much. You guys can walk faster, that's okay. Jill, I know you've only done it, I think, once, right, or twice, but thank you for joining our team to take care of the next generation and to pour into them and to love on them like they're your own kids. I appreciate that, and thank you very much. Mickey, I apologize publicly for taking your chair off the back row of the wall, <laughs> but thank you for continuing to work in our kids' ministry, even though I am not your favorite person right now. <laughs> but thank you and thank you for volunteering to paint things that most people wouldn't want to paint and you went the extra mile past that so thank you for making our church look beautiful when we asked you to Caitlin thank you thank you for giving up these last couple months where you guys are basically not in here at all to take care of our toddlers and to make sure that they have a teacher because they need it right Finn, we, you need a teacher, right? You could be the teacher. I believe that. But thank you. And thank you for helping us make outside of our room look beautiful, just like the inside of our room. Got to finish it. 
Yeah, well, we'll get there. But thank you. I appreciate you very much. Tab. Thank you for giving up every Sunday. Ooh. I wasn't going to cry. Yeah, you were. <laughs> <laughs> probably. probably. Um, I know what it's like to give up every Sunday, to never be in worship, to never be in a service, and to feel like, yes, you're doing an amazing thing with our kids, but to feel a little disconnected. So thank you for your sacrifice, and thank you for loving our kids and teaching them the right things. I appreciate you. <laughs> Nastasia. I've been here for three years. I hope I would say it right. Thank you so much for not only helping in our kids' ministry, but to help Cassie out in youth ministry with things that she needed you to help with. Thank you for giving us that dedication and your time and all of your effort and going beyond when we needed you. Thank you. And you sing on our praise team. So thank you for being and doing whatever we ask you to do and having that open, willing heart. Appreciate you. Tristan, the man. Thank you for at times, last week you looked at me and you said, I'm just doing all of the things, right? So thank you for helping in youth and kids and being on our worship team, helping me go get things when I need to travel four hours to get things. I appreciate you and all the work that you put in to help us be the church. So thank you very much. Susie, when you, when I saw your name on our list to help us in our kids' church, I was like, bless her heart because you have every right with all your years of being in church just to sit back and let someone else do it. And you want to be right there helping out the next generation. So thank you very much. And thank you for spending the hours downstairs buffing and waxing and making our floor look the best you can make it look because nobody knows you did that except a handful of us. So thank you very much for going above and beyond. You just bless me to see your dedication to this building and to this church. So thank you very much. I appreciate you. I appreciate you too. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Heather, thank you for volunteering in our kids' church, and thank you for filling in with, for Tab when she was on vacation. The ball didn't get dropped, and everything went well, and our kids still had an amazing time with you. So thank you for filling in. Thank you for volunteering and being a part of the next generation. I appreciate your work. Cassie, thank you so much for caring about our teenagers. That is a difficult group of people to care for, right? <laughs> right? Right? Our, <laughs> our, our group is a good group. But thank you, though, in the midst of having your schedule, it's 40 hours plus a, plus a week, traveling an hour to and from work every day. You still made it sure that you were here planning and prepping building up your team, making sure your team knew what to do, and our kids love you and care for you, and I thank you for spending the time that you do with them when you could be doing other things with your life, so I appreciate all your hard work. Brandon, man, it's been a journey, yeah. <laughs> and because of what God's done in your life, you're open to what he wants you to do here in this church, so thank you for being willing to work with our little ones. Mm -hmm. Thank you for being willing to sit down with and, and be in the crazy. We were just talking about that this morning, right? Our boys are crazy and they're running around, but thank you for being willing to, to give up Sundays because I know your schedule is not easy and it would be nice to sit up here and be in service, but you still give up your Sundays to work in our toddler room. So thank you. I appreciate you very much. You. <clears throat> you got it? Thanks, buddy. Thank you. Josh. I've known you since you were a little guy. I've watched you grow up. Thank you for caring about our teenagers. If I'm gonna be honest with you, when I first met you in youth group, I never dreamed that you would be working in a ministry in my own church. So thank you very much though, for listening to God and following what he wants you to do. And I appreciate all the sacrifices you make to help out and the things that you do. So thank you very much. Can we just appreciate them as a church and thank them? Thank you guys very much. All right. 
Well, you guys don't have to awkwardly stand there anymore. You guys come back to your seat. I just want to encourage you, though, that today, uh, as, as uh, we, we close service, you know, thank, thank these people personally for what they do, because thanks is not always enough. And uh, I, honestly, I wasn't sure if I should have hugged everybody, but I know with COVID, I don't want to be judged. So, uh, and it's super hot in here, so... We don't, we, don't need any, we don't need any kind of cuddling. Um, but uh, today is uh, week five of the Complaining Cure. And um, thank you for letting me take a few minutes to, um, to take that time. I'm going to promise you that I'm going to try to get through this quickly because our kids are in here. And uh, Ms. Tab did give them some busy bags. And so kids, I want to let you know real quick, you have a paper inside your bag. Okay. (laughs) Cool. Um, I just want to give a hint though, that everything that is an empty space on your paper is underlined on the screen. So when you see that underlined word, that is one that you want to fill out on your paper. And then immediately following service, if you get those to Miss Tab, um, you will be able to have tickets for uh, the vault, for sure. Okay, I get it. <sighs> we love kids, don't we? We just love kids so much. Um, all right, well, let's jump right in. Matthew seven twelve. Matthew seven twelve. It says, so in everything do to others what you would have them do to you, for this sums up the law and the prophets. How many people have heard that verse before? How many people heard that when you were a child? Yep. That's when it was, it was uh, embedded in my, my system to do unto others as I would have done to myself. Uh, does anybody ever have to still continue to tell yourself that? Right? Okay, perfect. And this is perfect. So today we're going to jump in, in Matthew 7, 12. This is a part of Jesus's most important sermon, right? The sermon on the Mount. This is, this is when he, he just comes out and he, he gives his first official big, you know, crowd draw message. And, and um, I actually watched uh, season two, episode eight of the chosen. And, um, I was going to show it, but I knew that I was going to take some time to appreciate all of our kids workers. And I I was like, man, I want to show this, but, but I want to encourage you. If you haven't seen episode eight of season two of the chosen, go and just watch that episode. And if you need to scroll forward, because as Jesus is, is, is practicing, right. His sermon, he's speaking it to Matthew and Matthew is writing it. And as he's writing it, Jesus, um, they do a really cool montage because uh, Hollywood does this. Um, they do this really cool montage where as Jesus is speaking, the opening part of the Sermon on the Mount to Matthew, he is, he, there's glimpses of each one of his disciples. Uh, and, and it's, it's um, man, <clears throat> I had to rein it in today. I watched it last night and I did the same thing. I cried and I boohooed over a two minute video. Um, but as he's speaking, he's, 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 I, env- I envisioned, because Hollywood helped me, I envisioned that he was envisioning the faces of the people that he was referring to, the faces of the people that he was speaking about as he was setting up that message. And, and it, just, it just struck me weird and it, and it struck me to my core and I, and I just... I just, I cried because Jesus loved so much. And so uh, the, the Sermon on the Mount was, was also called the, the golden rule, right? Isn't it? It's the golden rule of how, how we should live our life. And, and so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read a, a little bit of it because here's the thing. There are other, there are other um, religions that have taken that scripture and They've reworked it to fit what they want. And it sounds very similar. But the the cool thing is, and the ironic thing is in here, is that what makes Jesus's teaching so powerful is that it's a call to action. It's not a call to refrain. That's what really makes 
his sermon on the Mount so powerful. And so in Matthew 5, 38, uh, 42, uh, this is one I've used many times as a young person to um, make what I did uh, acceptable. And you might have too. But it starts out with, you have heard that it was said, eye for eye and tooth for tooth. But I tell you, do not resist an evil person. If anyone slaps you on the right cheek, turn to them the other cheek also. And if anyone wants to sue you and take your shirt, hand over your coat as well. If anyone forces you to go one mile, go with them two miles. Give to the one who asks you and do not turn away from the one who wants to borrow from you. That's hard, isn't it? I would like to bring somebody up to demonstrate this scripture. Um, is anybody okay with getting slapped today? <laughs> Did you raise your hand? Are you serious? She's like, I'm in. Oh, I'm kidding. Josh? No. <laughs> but an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. Right? And what's beautiful though is, is Jesus shows us in that moment of what the whole key of it is really going the extra mile, isn't it? If somebody wants you to walk a mile, go two miles with them. If somebody wants to, if somebody wants to sue you and take things from you, then go ahead and give them more than they want. That's weird, isn't it? Has anybody ever had somebody want something from you and then you decided I want to give them more than what they want? No, because we don't even want to really give them what they asked for, right? That's human nature. It's like, yeah, I know you what you're asking for, but I had somebody once, they asked me, they said, hey man, um, so I need a, a jacket that looks like a varsity jacket. And I know you have one and I know it's an Ohio state one. And I know it's one that you really like, but in order to complete my Halloween costume, which right there is disrespectful words, <laughs> but in order to, to complete my costume, can I borrow your varsity jacket? And I was like, Oh, this is not something I want to give you. Right. It's not something I really want to give you because it means a lot to me and you disrespected me because it's a costume, right? And I reluctantly gave them my jacket. Now I can tell you it is 2022 and I'm not sure where the jacket is now. I know I got it back, but I don't think I kept it. And isn't it like that sometimes with our stuff? We think it's so valuable to us until we have to move and purge our stuff because our new place isn't big enough for all of our stuff. And it's amazing what you will throw out when you look at it and go, when did I buy this? Right? Or you hold something in your hand and you're like, why am I keeping this? Right? But if somebody wanted it, what would we do? This is mine. Are you sure? This, this is mine, right? Kids, do you struggle with that? Yeah. Yeah. If you didn't say, yeah, I was going to call you out. Uh, <laughs> we struggle sharing, right? Kids. Guess what? Adults do too. <laughs> yeah. What? We tell you to share, but we don't. Right? <laughs> yeah. I'm just realizing now I'm, that's going to be used against me in my house. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm right there with you because there's some things he wants to borrow. And I've said, no, uh, man, stop it. I, whoa, <laughs> you better put that child, put him on lockdown. Kara, if you need to pinch him, just you have my permission. Wow. Wow. But here's the thing though. We have a common practice of stopping at the first mile. We will only go as far as we've been asked to go. We won't just say, what more can I do? Right? Right? Okay. I'll just assume it's right because nobody's saying anything. Matthew 23, 24 says, you blind guides, you strain out a gnat, but swallow a camel. 
This is Jesus speaking to the Pharisees. And the point that he's making here, he's calling them blind guides because they stopped at their obligation. They only went as far as they were obligated to go. And when they got there, they stopped. Right? Man, if I operated like that, if I just stopped with my obligation, I want to do a whole lot around here. Right? The other day, I put a desk together. Am I obligated to do that? Nope. Thank you. The other day I painted a wall that I had mounted a desk to, and then it got painted by Mickey. And then when I took it down, I went, shoot, I put that up before Mickey painted. And then I was like, now I got to find white paint and paint. This is not what I wanted to do. Right? But we do that, don't we? We stop at our obligation. The Pharisees did it. But the thing is, though, is they were missing the important thing that brought the greatest reward. They were missing going the extra mile to unlock the greatest reward. Matthew 5.20 says, For I tell you that unless your righteousness surpasses that of the Pharisees and the teachers of the law, you will certainly not enter the kingdom of heaven. Can we read that again? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. No, I don't want to read it again. Because that's telling me if I stop at my my obligation like the Pharisees do, I'm not going to see the kingdom. That's hard to chew on, isn't it? But in the midst of complaining, don't we just do enough? Has anybody ever done just enough at work because you might've been a little disgruntled? (laughs) Right. Like, you know that if you just worked an extra 30 to to 60 minutes, your Monday would look a lot better. But you're like, you know what? I'm only obligated to do this much today. Anybody? Nope. Just, I think just me and you, Jamie. Jamie. I remember working for a company. I won't tell you who because I'm online and I don't want them to know this. But I worked for a company in the many years of my, my, uh, my secular jobs that I had. And, and I knew that, hey, I used the, the, uh, the phrase, tomorrow is another day. Does anybody ever use that phrase? Or, you know what? This is going to be here tomorrow when I get here. Right? Or how about this? Something drastically happens five minutes before you're supposed to get off and you have a choice to make. Do I take care of it now and work past the time I'm supposed to and more than likely not get paid for it? Or do I wait until Monday and hope that it doesn't become a bigger issue? Right? Thank God plumbers don't do that. Right? Or, or as you can tell, how many people right now are thankful that our heat is fixed? Whoop, whoop. They fixed it good. Right? Because it's hot in here. Right? I'm sweating too. Like, whoo. But thank God we have heat, right? A few weeks ago, we could have still wore our coats in here. It was so cold. Thank God those guys didn't stop at what they were obligated to do. The interesting thing too, if we, if we keep diving into the Sermon on the Mount is this. In Matthew 5, 21 and 49, I, I, want, I want you to catch something. Because if you go back a couple of weeks ago, we talked about, um, we talked about the, this, this word that meant to be over and above, to abound and to surpass, right? We talked about this word. And so in Matthew 5, 21 through 49, I want you to hear what Jesus is speaking, because he starts every one of these with, you have heard, but then he quickly says, but I will tell you, right? So here's what, let's just start at the beginning. You have heard that it was said to the people long ago, you shall not murder, and anyone who murders will be subject to judgment, right? That's a law that people had heard. Now, here's what Jesus says, though, following this, he says, but I tell you, that anyone who is angry with a brother or sister will be subject to judgment. 
There's an obligation of you have heard. Do not kill someone. If you kill someone, you will be in jail and be judged. But then Jesus gives us the extra mile. And he says, but I will tell you, anyone who is angry with a brother or sister will be subject to judgment. So if I read that right, I have my obligation of don't kill anybody, but then I have my extra mile of don't be angry because you're going to be just, judged just as hard. Right? Not on earth. We won't be judged that hard on earth. But what I love is that God doesn't look at our sins across the horizon. He looks down on our sins. And guess what? When you look down on something, they're all the same level. That's, that's, that's a hard one to chew on, isn't it? Because how do we view sins? Up and down, right? Lying is not as bad as killing somebody. Right? right. Does anybody disagree with that? Okay, good. Right. Don't raise your hand, Nikolai. But the beauty is, is that when God looks at it, it's like this. They're all the same in his eyes. So here Jesus is saying, you have heard this, but I want you to go the extra mile and don't do this. Right? He also then goes down here and says, I mean, I could go deeper into that one, but, but then he goes down the next paragraph and he says, you have heard that it was said, you shall not commit adultery. Right? But then he says, but I tell you that anyone who looks at a woman has already committed adultery. Now we live in 2022 and the Bible was written and that goes both ways, don't it? I'm not doing anything wrong. I'm living by the law of don't commit adultery. But gosh darn it, I can't stop looking. Right? How many people know that when you don't have money, what do you call that kind of shopping? It's the same thing you're doing when you're scrolling or when you're watching. You may not be committing it, but you're sure window shopping. Right? Is that, is that too young to talk about that? Jesus gives us the obligation and then he gives us the extra mile. Don't commit adultery, but then he goes on to say this. I love this one. If your right eye causes you to stumble, gouge it out. We'd all be looking like pirates up in here. Eye patches? <laughs> right? Right? Even when you're on, let's just talk about it this way. I'll be honest with you. I sinned while I was on the fast. Yeah, I lusted after food. Come on, anybody? You see those late night commercials, that, that juicy, hot, steamy pizza for $5.55, but it got double the pepperoni on it? Crazy bread deals where you buy one, you get a two liter for free. Little Caesars, why you do me like that? <laughs> but in the middle of a fast, when all you're eating is lentils and other things that taste like cardboard, you're sitting there and you're going, why? Can I just have a look? Can I just smell it, right? If my eye caused me to sin, the Bible says, gouge it out. I'll be finishing my 21 day fast going, all right, everybody ready for church, right? What happened to you, Pastor Nick? I, my eye caused me to sin. I wanted pizza. <laughs> right? Okay. Just, just making a point here. <clears throat> what about this one? It has been said, anyone who divorces his wife must give her a certificate of divorce. But I tell you. Anyone who divorces his wife except for sexual immorality puts her and makes her a victim of adultery now. And we live in a world where it's just like, it's been fun. It's been real. 
but it ain't been real fun. Right? Look at Hollywood. Somebody gets married. 12 days later, they're getting an annulment done. Like, listen, I know that your press person and my press person thought if we got together, your career would go up and my career would go up. But listen, I can't live with you. You crazy, right? But that's the world we live in. Pastor, this is 2022. That's not convenient. Again, you have heard that it was said to the people long ago, do not break your oath, but fulfill to the Lord the vows you have made. But I tell you, do not swear on your oath at all, either by heaven, for, if, or, for it is God's throne, or by the earth, for it, has, it is his footstool, or by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. And do not swear by your head, for you cannot make even one hair white or black. I mean, Jesus is telling us, here's your obligation and here's the extra mile. What if we lived our life like that? What if we went the extra mile when we started to complain? I'm going to explain that to us here in a second. Man, how about this one? This is my last one I want to say, because this is important to me. You have heard that it was said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy, right? But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, that you may be children of your father in heaven. Whoo. We would stop complaining about people if we started looking at that, right? My obligation is what? Love your neighbor and hate your enemy. That's messed up. You're supposed to love everybody, aren't you? You don't have to like everyone. You can love everyone, right? But then he says, here's your extra mile. Love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. What if as we were about to complain about somebody, if instead we, we, we caught ourselves getting ready to complain and said, you know what? I'm going to pray for that person right now. I can answer that question for you on how that works. It's beautiful. Because how many people know when you complain, your blood pressure goes up, right? Your face gets red. You get flushed. Your heart starts pounding faster. You start to get a little upset, right? Anybody, am I speaking your language right now? Yeah, because that person wronged you. That, I'm gonna complain about that person, but you know what changes the heart? Is when you shut up the complaining that the devil wants you to do and you go, I'm gonna pray for that person. Because the devil sits there and goes, shoot, that's not what I wanted. I wanted you to have a conversation. I wanted you to, I want you to freak out. I want you to get upset. I want this to ruin your day. Because that's what happens when we complain, isn't it? It ruins our day. You can have a great day. One person does something wrong to you and immediately you're like, well, there goes that day. This day's shot. Right? It's not enough to meet the obligation. We have to go the extra mile. Instead of giving them and giving people and giving the enemy what what he wants us to give him, instead of that, it's about going the extra mile to, to change our focus, to change our filter, to change the lens that we look through. I've got things that I could complain about. Can I be honest with you for just a second and tell you what God's been doing with me since I started this, this series? I know I've had people look at me and be like, it's really good, but I hate coming because I leave convicted, right? I, I, hate, I hate reading the book and then putting it together. Because as I sit there writing, I go, this is horrible. I sit here and I go, this is, this is where I'm at. Since I started this series, 
I have gotten one or two text messages or phone calls every week to tell me about someone complaining about me. Then last night, I saw some people that I haven't seen in a while because they're from my old church. And then they looked at me in the midst of me trying to give them a little bit of wisdom. They looked at me and said, do you know that people at your old church still talk about you? And I was like, I didn't, but I gave all them to God. And this week, this week has, this, this, honestly, these two weeks, for, these last two weeks for me have been the hardest weeks for me because I don't even want to listen to what I'm preaching. Because I want to complain. And I'll tell you who I complain to. I will complain to my wife, which isn't healthy. I will complain to my friend, which honestly, it just fires him up too. And then it's fun. (laughs) But I don't want to do that anymore. Because you know what it makes me? It makes me uneasy. It makes me uncomfortable. It makes me hurt. It makes me think things that aren't true. It makes me feel like everybody hates me. It makes me feel like I should stop doing what I'm doing. It makes me feel like I'm not a good person. It makes me feel like I'm not a good leader. It makes me feel like I'm not qualified. It makes me feel all of these things when we just complain, right? Does anybody ever feel better after you complain? Like genuinely better. Yes, you got it off your chest, but does it change it? No, because your lens is still negative, right? I got a little ahead of myself, but I felt like I needed to. Because I think here's the misconception Those were lies. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Because here I think was the misconception of this whole series is that I can have an opinion, but I got to choke down all my complaints, right? Does anybody feel like that? I got, I got to just suppress all my complaints. I can't say my, my complaints. I, I got I to, if, if I'm going to do what God wants me to do, I got I to just choke it down. But the thing is though, it's not about biting your tongue. It's not about, about keeping your mouth shut from the complaints. What it is about though, is that we should reinvest our time that we spend on our complaints and on our criticism and start to reinvest that with resources that will change our perspective and swapping ours for his. We can get so consumed with it that all of a sudden, all our perspective is, is gross. Everything we look at, we wake up, oh, the car's covered with snow again. Great. I know. Gosh. We're going to rethink these fifth Sundays. Nikolai's going to have to go help with the toddlers or something. But we, but we can start to, you know, wake up and you, you put on something that, that you, you love to wear and then all of a sudden it doesn't fit and you're like, well, washing machine is broken because this just shrunk. Right? Right? Today I got in my car. My car is five months old. I got in my car and realized that my driver's side door is not unlocking or locking. Regardless of how many buttons I push at the same time, it's not doing it. And I, and I just sat in the car and I looked at it and I went, hmm, you're going to have to get fixed, right? It's the lens I'm looking through everything. Instead, I could have been like, well, hey, at least you opened and I was able not to have to crawl over the passenger side seat to get in today. All right? So step one here is, and this is where thankfulness comes in. Step one, be thankful in everything. Kids, those are underlined words. Be thankful in everything. 
That's not easy, is it? 1 Thessalonians 5.18. Kids, those are also underlined. I'm helping you out right now. I really want you to get those tickets. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. The word thankful here is not an adjective. Instead, thankful here is a verb. It's an action word. Being thankful is an action. It means do something, right? The word all. You guys know what the word all means? (laughs) You're right. It means all the individual pieces that make a whole in the whole itself. No exceptions. For every circumstance we, in situation in our lives, we are instructed to act in thankfulness. That's easy, right? Somebody hits your car. God, thank you for giving my front bumper character. <laughs> Debbie, you got hit. Yeah. Yeah. The snowblower doesn't start. God, Thank you, I bought a fancy shovel. (laughs) Right? You go outside and stand at the bottom of a sledding hill in tennis shoes in northern Michigan. You go to your car and you go, God, I'm thankful that the heat works in my car so I can feel my feet again. Right? (laughs) Thankful, being thankful. Let's put it this way. That means being thankful in the stretching, in the uncomfortableness, in the pain, in the disappointment, in the frustration, in the heartbreak. Go the extra mile in each of those situations and be thankful. Be thankful. Too many times I feel like we just wait for Thanksgiving to be thankful. I'm, man, my kid, as much as you like to talk, you might be a future pastor here. That's good. Step two, be thankful for everything. Now that's a little bit harder one. Ephesians 5.20. Kids, those are underlined. Always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. That's hard, isn't it? You want me to be thankful for everything? Right? Instantly our minds go to something negative in our life and you're like, wait a minute. You're asking me to be thankful for cancer? You're asking me to be thankful that I lost my loved one? You're asking me to be thankful that I lost my job. You're asking me to be thankful that that my car is a a piece of garbage. You're asking me to be thankful that that I don't get along with that person. You're asking me to be thankful. It's not that you need to be thankful for that. But where you need to change your perspective is, is be thankful for the opportunity that it gives you to lean into God. Right? It's not saying be thankful for illness. I never once said, God, thank you for COVID. <laughs> Me too. I never said it. I never said, God, God, thank you. I went out the other day to start my beautiful PT Cruiser. And apparently, Northern Michigan hates that car. I walked out there and I went to go fire it up and it went, not today. And I was like, oh, Okay. And I just closed the door. I locked the car because I don't want somebody to steal it. And I walked back to inside. And, 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 but but I, I was like, man, like, I'm still thankful for my car, though. You can ask Jamie. I just had a conversation with him about it. And I talked about it like it was a Lamborghini. Because in my mind, it is. But it's about being thankful that we have the opportunity because let's be real. 
until it hits the fan in our lives sometimes, we don't always lean into God like we should. Until the going gets tough, we don't, we don't always lean into him and lean on his understanding because what we try to do is in the midst of our complaining and criticizing, it pushes us to try to have a, an answer to how to fix it now ourselves, right? Someone gets diagnosed with cancer and what's the first thing we do? Where's the best doctor? What's my best options? And how soon can I do it, Right? But what we don't ever think about, and I know Debbie, this is where your book was spawned from, is in the midst of going through something like that, being able to push into the presence of the Lord and let him do something that we otherwise would be too distracted to take part of, right? To go through something that gives us an opportunity to press in. When, when we got shut down back, I don't even know how long ago it was. It feels like forever ago. But when, when, the, when the world shut down because of COVID, I heard a lot of people complain and criticize and all I thought was God. I prayed at the beginning of the year that I would have the opportunity to spend time with you. This isn't what I meant, but thank you for giving me the opportunity to have that time to press in. And man, did he do so. Man, was his voice clearer than it ever had been for me. Because I had the opportunity not to look at the circumstance, but to look in my opportunity. To say, God, this isn't what I want, but what do you want me to get out of this? This isn't what I want, but, but let me draw nearer to you so I can hear you more clearly. Right? Sometimes when your kids are sick, as much as you hate it, don't you love it? when you feel like they need you more than they ever have, where they want to curl up regardless of how big they are. They want to put their head on your shoulder and just cuddle with you because being with you makes them feel better. You don't want them to be sick, but I'm thankful for the opportunity that I have when they are. The other day, Otto was coughing and, and, and having a fit and, and I, I leaned down where he was, mistake number one. And he looked at me and went, Ugh! into my nose. And I went, well, I'm in my 90 day window, so I should be okay. Right. But it was nice because then he said, dad, can I just, can you lay in bed with me and watch Bluey? Did I have time to do that? Not really. But I tell you what, climbing into bed with my four-year-old when he needed me, he looked at me and said, dad, you're a good dad. And then, and I was like, thanks, buddy. But in the midst of his sickness, in the midst of something he didn't want, he pressed in to, the, to his father. And going the extra mile for us would be in a circumstance that we don't like, instead of complaining and criticizing it, why don't we take the opportunity to press into our heavenly father? to see what he has to say, to see that he, what he wants to speak, to, to hear his voice the way we should hear it. <clears throat> Genesis 50, 20 says, you intended to harm me, but God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. What if we looked at the devil every time we recognized that it was an attack from him and said, I see what you want me to do. I see how you want me to react. But God, God's already working this out for me for his glory. Right? I mean, that's simple. It's in the Bible. We could just say that. Like, hey, I see you devil, but God's going to work this out for your glory. So you just go somewhere else. Right? <clears throat> I want to, you got my, you got my box. I want to, I want to do this real quick because we're running out of time. I knew we would. I have to revisit this next week, but in this box, I have, I have four items that I can be thankful for. And I'm sure we can figure out a way to be thankful. 
Um, can I get one, one kid? I don't care who. Just one. Addie, you raised your hand. Go ahead and come on up. I just want you to pick out one item and then you just tell me exactly what you think. It's just your first thought, okay? Regardless of how real it is. You just tell me exactly what you think, okay? Just go ahead and pick out one. Right. But it's empty. Can you be thankful for that? You can get money for it. Okay. 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 You are correct. Okay. All right. Thank you. You can, you can go. Sweet. All right. So that was kind of backfired, but it shows us our perspective. <laughs> I assumed a kid, as soon as they touched this, would be like, you. there's nothing in here, right? It's an empty can. Now, Addie she blew my imagery right up because she could get 10 cents for this. You get 10 of these bad boys. Woo, we're getting green now, right? <laughs> but realistically, if somebody handed you an empty can, what would you think? Thanks, man. You want me to throw this away for you? Right? But what if we started looking at things like this? What if we said, you know what? God, thank you that somebody had the idea from you to make root beer because it is so good. Well, we don't get to enjoy it right now. But thank you that it was created so one day I could enjoy it, right? Or what about this? God, thank you that whoever got to drink this, it probably quenched their thirst and it was exactly what they needed. What about this? God, thank you that you made somebody develop this so it was round and smooth so that when I held it, it didn't hurt my hand. Right? What if we said, God, thank you that you developed in somebody a way to make it so you could put this in the fridge and it gets cold super fast because it's in metal. But when I drink it, it doesn't taste like metal. Like what if we started just changing our perspective on some things, right? It's a hard thing to do, but it's the extra mile he's asked us to do. Don't focus on the thing, focus on the blessing from me. Don't focus on the issue, focus on me. Take your lenses off and put mine on, right? Because let's be real, when we've poured ourselves out enough or we've gone through enough issues, we're just like this empty can. We're empty. And some people look at us like we're trash. Some people get empty and they think to themselves, I don't have anything to give, but you do. A fifth grader just said, I can get money for that. God doesn't look at us like we're empty cans. He sees our potential. He sees the creation he made and why he created it. What about this one? I'm not going to call another kid up because it's just going to get worse. I know it is. What about this one? What is this one, everybody? Tupperware. One of the greatest inventions ever. Until your lids get dry, like uh, dishwashed, and then they don't fit anymore. Then it's not the greatest thing ever, but it's empty. But I can say, God, Thank you to whoever invented this and sold it to Meyer. Because I not only can keep my spaghetti noodles in here, but I can keep my meatballs separate. Come on. You got to find the blessing. What about this? God, thank you that somebody was smart enough to take old thrown away plastic and turn it into a recycled thing that now I can keep my meatballs in. Right? I'm hungry. What do we say? God, thank you for the development where I can actually put this in the microwave. Not too long, but I can put it in the microwave so I don't have to dirty multiple dishes. Whoop, whoop, right? 
God, thank you that after I have a meal, I don't have to throw it away, but I can save it for tomorrow because leftovers taste so good the next day. Come on. It's finding the perspective. It's taking the lens off the emptiness and realizing the potential that he placed there. We can keep going. Let's do this. This is fun. This is my box of stuff. What about this one? It's a dirty shoelace. It used to be white, I promise. It's dirty. What do we do with dirty shoelaces usually? Let's be real. Yeah, I figured there'd be somebody back. I wash them. No, you don't. You just throw them away. It's cheaper. And if you put them in the, the washer, let's be honest, they disappear. They go wherever the socks go. Somebody out there is going, that's why you get one of those bags. I know, but it takes too much time to put stuff in there. God, thank, thank you that's, that you gave somebody the intelligence to make shoelaces because my feet don't look good in sandals. Let's just be real. God, thank you that you made a way for me to tie up my shoes. Because I don't want to look old or, or young with Velcro shoes on at the age of 36. You know what, though? They made elastic shoelaces that are basically just slip-on shoes. I'm not saying I own a pair, but... Um, but thank you, God, that I don't walk around and my shoes don't fall off because I got something to tie them up with. It's the little things, right? How about this one? This one's a little harder. This is a battery that I pulled out of a controller at my house that no longer works. What do you do with these? Nobody wants to say it because it's illegal. I know what you do with them. You throw them away. I know what you do. This is useless now. There's no power. I gave this to a kid for their controller for their video games. They look at me and go, are you kidding me? But here's the thing though. God, thank you that you allowed somebody to design something that's so small, but packs so much power. Thank you, God, that energy can be put in something this small that will power the things that I need in my life. This is useless but thank you for it, right? I think by now you understand where I'm going with this. It's all about the perspective that you have. It's all about the lens that you're looking through. To be thankful in it and to be thankful for it. That's the key. That's what unlocks this, this mystery of how we stop complaining, right? We've asked the question, how do we stop complaining? You stop complaining by changing whose perspective you're looking through. Get rid of yours because yours doesn't work. And take on his because his works. His doesn't have any built-in bias like we do, right? That's the key. It's so simple, but it's so hard to just look at things that we think just are small, not important, and go, man, God, thank you. Thank you for the little things. God, thank you. Thank you that I have the opportunity. I'm going to be honest with you. If your clothes are too tight, go to the store and go, God, thank you that I get a new wardrobe. <laughs> It's not something positive, right? You don't want to gain the weight, but flip the script, change it. God, my husband is annoying me. God, my wife is getting on my nerves. Instead of complaining about it, why don't you start to say, God, thank you for it, and then fill in the good quality that God gave them with. Game changer. I know my wife does it for me all the time because I'm difficult to live with. And I know that. And she, I know, sits there and goes, 
God, thank you, he's funny at least. Right? Thank you, God, that he at least can still make me smile. Because that, that attitude, mm-mm, that ain't working in my house. Right? You complain about your hoopty? Why don't you start saying, God, thank you that I don't have to walk everywhere I go. Because you know what? There are people who are walking everywhere they go. Right? Don't complain about my PT Cruiser no more. But don't run anyways, it don't matter. Instead of complaining about your job or your boss, why don't you start just looking simple as this? God, thank you that you gave me an opportunity for a job and I get a paycheck. Even if that's all you can find, right? It's about changing your perspective. If you change your perspective, you will change what flows out of your mouth. If you put his perspective on, it's gonna change the things that come out of your mouth. But it's a challenge. It's not easy. I don't stand here and be like, I gotta figure it out. I don't. But I'm gonna work just as hard as you are. Right? We can all do this together. Because there ain't nobody in this room that's mastered this. My mom's not here. She pretty much finds the good in everything. Makes me sick sometimes. Um, <laughs> but we should do that, shouldn't we? I'm gonna be honest with you. There are things frustrating with me about this building. And you know what this month and what God's been speaking to me? He just said, enjoy where you're at because I put you there. <laughs> okay, okay, God. You got a roof. That isn't leaking now. Thank you, Ron. You've got lights that are on and they're not flickering. You've got heat that's working. You've got a place for everybody to come and, and have unity and community amongst themselves. You've got a place where my children can worship me. It's just changing our perspective. So we're going to pray. Kids, thank you for being so good. Thank you. And thank you for hanging out with us. Let's pray together. God, we just thank you for today. God, I thank you for this challenge, this switching our perspective, this, this changing of our lenses, this God putting, putting our views aside and, and putting yours on so we can we can see the, what, what you see. We can hear what you say. And, and God, we can experience what you want us to experience in anything and everything that we walk through, God. God, I pray right now that you make us, <laughs> help us, give us the strength to be thankful in everything and for everything, God. Change our perspective this week. Help us be able to change the things that, God, we have just been walking in and working in for years, God. Break those chains. Give us a different perspective. Let me see the good, Father, in everything that you bring to us. God, I love you. I thank you. God, and I thank you that you continue to challenge us. God, I thank you that you give us the opportunity to move forward and get better. You're a good God. I thank you for that. Amen.